Hi, I'm Graham Lasso, and you're listening to Eat, Sleep, Chelsea, Repeat with Chris, Craig, and Brady. Welcome to the Eat, Sleep, Chelsea, Repeat pod. On today's pod, we review a huge three points away at Spurs in a crazy game at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium on Monday night. We'll check in on our thermometers to check the temperatures of some of the players, see who's freezing cold and boiling hot. And we'll check in on our fancy Premier League as well. I'm Chris, and as always, I'm joined by my brother Craig and our good friend Brady. Guys, Chelsea have scored four goals in a football match. Can you oh, actually believe it? I'm absolutely buzzing. What a win. Down at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. It's it, it's three-point lane again, as the fans sung in the, in the second half. Um, Tottenham Hotspur, it's happened again. Tottenham get battered everywhere they go. <laughs> wow. Sir Alex Ferguson, as he famously said, I'm going to quote him, lads, it's Spurs. What are we worried about? Shot, shots fired. I mean, it was it was a day after fireworks night and uh, there was plenty of fireworks all over the pitch. I mean, it was one of the most maddest games I've ever watched. I mean, I went in, I went in age 37. I think I went out 57. I mean, it was madness, but um, mental game. I don't think I've ever seen a game like that, especially the first half. It was bizarre, the game. Just the, and the VAR added the drama to it. So many delays and... Yeah, but what a win. It was a strange game, but what a win. And sometimes it's, it's just the way you... We'll talk about this later, but... Sometimes it's just the win, not the way you get there. So three points is absolutely colossal for us and could be a bit of a turning point in the season, I think. Yeah, it's actually the second time he scored four goals in the season. Yeah, Burnley away. Four past Burnley, yeah. Turf turf Um, four, lads. Turf four, yeah. Turf four and three-point lane. There we go. Um, More nicknames for away grabs. (laughs) We've got to score more goals, yeah. Yeah, that's it. Um, No, it's it's good to win. You know, it's a results business, so... Important to get the win. It's actually our uh, fifth win in in our last seven in all comps. We've only lost one game, so we can be uh, we can be pretty happy with this run and see if we can keep it going. It should be an as well. It really should be six out of seven. Brentford's the only duck we've uh, we've laid really in the last seven games. Yeah. Well, let's let's get stuck into to the game. It was an absolutely wild game, as we know. Sixty um, percent possession for Chelsea. Um, which is one of, you would expect a little bit more because Tottenham had nine men for the entirety of the second half, basically. Um, and 84% pass accuracy. Chelsea, uh, six shots on target. Tottenham's five um, of our 16 total shots. And uh, four saves for Sanchez. Um, yeah, what did you guys think of the sort of setup, uh, tactics and formation before the game? Well, Spurs came flying out the blocks, as you probably would expect. I definitely expected them to. They're, they're full of confidence. They go top of the league if they win. Um, you know, and that's the style of play Ange wants to play. The fans, obviously, it's a Monday night game. We talked about this in the preview. They would have had a few beers. Very lively. It was very lively throughout um, the atmosphere. And, um, yeah, I, I think exactly what you'd expect the first 10, 15 minutes. Spurs were, were, were really good in the game without really threatening too much in terms of actual shot or XG in the game. Obviously, Son 
did have a goal disallowed as well. Um, but Chelsea were getting back into the game, um, for sure settling. I mean, Cole Palmer was the only one, I think, that could say that he was in the game from minute one. I think if you look at some of our midfield and forwards, they weren't really in the game in the first 15 minutes at all. Um, and then that a doggy two-footer really sparked us. And I think after that, we, we were we were very competitive and good in the game. And, and yeah, obviously Spurs did, were Spurs and, and sort of self-destructed for us in front of our eyes, um, which was very helpful as well. I mean, I know we're going through the sequence of events later, but I think it was five goals, five disallowed goals, two red cards, seven yellows, three injuries, 500 VARs, and a partridge on a pear tree. And I didn't steal that from straight. I covered that before, if you've listened to that pod. You need a director's cut to cover all this. I mean, it was mad. And I think that they came out of the blocks and it was almost like a Klopp Liverpool performance where they were just on us and, you know... A few years ago, there wouldn't have been VAR. We would have been two down, and I think that would have been curtains, to be honest. But, you know, VAR really helped us out yesterday because especially with the second goal, I mean, obviously, Caicedo scored a, talk about, scored a wonderful goal. I mean, really, really sad. It was chalked off. But VAR, we, I mean, there's been a lot of talk about VAR recently, but it, it kind of got the justice because, you know, I don't think if it was a goal, I don't think they would have even clamped down on that horrible Romero tackle and we got the penalty and, you know, a Spurs band sent off and that kind of... That was a turning point in the game. So, Gallagher answered that on the official watch this morning, and he said that that because it was serious foul play, they would have still given the red card. Oh, yeah. the stood. Fair enough. Yeah. Sometimes you go with what, what Gary Neville says, and you take it for verbatim. So, I shouldn't <laughs> that. Um, but yeah, like yeah, definitely the the doggy yellow. Just it's it was like it was like a boxer. You're in there, and you get kind of you get buzzed, and you just kind of like, right. Let's have, let's have a fight then. And um, that was. It got too emotional and it got too much. We'll talk about Levi Colwell later. But, um, yeah, it was a fiery game. A little bit of the battle of the brief too. Spurs were just... Their discipline was, like, ridiculous. I mean, they, they really showed some fantastic effort Spurs in the second half. And there's been a lot of talk about Angie's high line and principles. But, yeah, I mean, in a lot of ways, they didn't throw away the game. But they really handed it to us in some way. They're awful with discipline. But it was a nice game. And, um, yeah, it was just crazy. So, the... The game kicked off, obviously, and, and fast start from Tottenham. Kulazewski scored. What do we think of the goal that we conceded? Obviously, we're quite open and Colwell was 1v1. Too soft, too easy. Did Colwell close him down quick enough? I think it's unfortunate, obviously. Um, I, I, I'm not sure that he didn't close him down quick enough. I would say about Colwell is probably don't turn your back um, in that spot as much as, as he did, um, even though he didn't sort of jump completely and turn. Like, you know, obviously, even just turning sideways is is not what I would I would consider good defending in that spot. But obviously just so unfortunate for it to come off his back and trickle past Sanchez. Um, and just when I saw that, I was just like, is this just going to be an, another one of those um, games, you know, where they they score off some 0.05 XG chance or, or something, you know, in a tight game. And um, But yeah, that isn't actually how the game panned out at all. Um the next one was a really fast move. I guess the next big moment was the the sun goal, the offside goal. Really fantastic move from Tottenham from back to front. Completely opened Chelsea up. Uh, at that point, it was looking like it was going to be 2-0 before the VAR intervened. How were you feeling at that point, Brady? I mean, yeah, they came out of the blocks and um, it was looking like a comfortable win for them, really. And then, like I said, the, the crowd was up and it was a classic song goal. I mean, you've seen that goal so many times and slotted in. And we, again, we just got lucky with a VAR slightly. It didn't look offside at the time. I think we got lucky Brennan Johnson coming off, actually, because obviously for the sending off, because he looked really good. I think he would have given um, us a lot of problems, especially maybe Silva running uh, on the far, like kind of um, 
maybe they're going maybe against Silver and maybe even Disaster giving them a, like giving them some nightmares. So yeah, wasn't feeling great then, and yeah, I was. You, you, he did look offside, so I thought, well, that's game over. But luckily, it was. Well, the the next moment was the Adugi two footer off the ground. I thought it was a tackle that had been outlawed a long time ago. Um, but he he didn't see a red for the tackle. It was a yellow on the pitch, and it stayed a yellow. Do you guys agree with that? I couldn't believe that wasn't giving us a red card. And I think, you know, we're in a few group chats together with, with other football fans, and I think universally <clears throat> seen as a red card. Gary Neville said it was a red card, and they talked in the, the studio. It was a clear red. I mean, it's as clear as day a red card as you, you've ever seen. You can't tackle like that. And you, like you say, you haven't been able to for 20 years. I think that might have been a red card in Sunday League football. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, like, it's, just, it's kind of like, right, if you, if you break his leg, it's a sending off. But if you don't, it's like fine. It's yeah, like, I don't. I hate that. Very bizarre. Um, there's so many weird interpretations of that. I think they said it was a, at the top of Reckless or something like that. I can't remember what they said. Like, there's a, a right at the limit before dangerous. Like, I think that's what that was described as. But yeah, mad. Should have been sending off. Yeah, agreed. Um, the next moment was the Sterling goal. It was ruled off. Obviously, he sort of—I don't know—kind of kicked him. It came back off his hand, and then he, he scored. That's a, yeah, a clear yeah. handball. Yeah. yeah, I think I, I don't want that to be. Ham- I don't believe that's deliberate handball by how the rules were intended hundred years ago or whatever. But um, the way they've worded the rule now to make it very easy for referees—that's that is always going to be given. To be honest, Sterling knew when you watched him celebrate. I knew. It yeah, yeah, but you, <laughs> exactly. You knew. you knew he wasn't celebrating. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um the next moment was one of two moments where we scored and there was a red card, a potential red card. So Sterling had scored for a, uh, and he'd obviously been deemed to handball it and at the same time there was a VAR check for Romero. Um do you guys think that both those decisions were correct where it was ruled off a handball for Sterling and Romero who kicked out a Colwell? Do you think that was a red card? I I think Romero, where he kicked out, is definitely a red card, yeah. I think Sterling is always going to be a handball. I mean, he knew it was a handball as well. He was, like, sheepish from that. And I, I knew straight away. I, I, I straight away thought it was a handball because it, like, you could just see in real time. And Sterling was sheepish in, in, when he um, when he celebrated. And, yeah, Romero, it was just like the Beckham. I've been watching the Beckham documentary recently. It was petulant. And, like, got crazy before, I think. If you... If a Chelsea player did that, you just think, well, like, oh, my God, they're going to go. Like, your heart would sink. So... Um, yeah, it was really bad. I mean, he should have gone, been gone before that. So he went, went eventually, which we'll talk about in a minute. But yeah, he should have been gone. He had a cup. He had a red card and a half, really. Yeah, and and then came next was the Caicedo goal, uh, a lovely strike from about twenty five yards, left footed into the bottom corner. And Bowley paid ten million to have this goal reinstated. Maybe we can like I don't know, take away can't take away Jackson's statue, I suppose. But we scored three tappings, and this was an absolute worldy. I mean, this was. Yeah. Um, I don't think I've seen a goal like that in ages. Like a DM on their weak foot, ping it in against a goalkeeper. Amazing goal. Against a, a really good goalkeeper as well. Yeah. has been excellent. And it was like a FIFA shot where you just catch it. It was mad. It was a mad goal. Yeah. Um, shame that was ruled off for offside. Sorry. At the same time, there was another VAR check for a red card and this one was given. Romero with a sort of... It reminded me a little bit of the Gusto one where he kicks the ball, but he, he gets the man... Really high up, actually, this time. Different from Gusto, I think. Um, he gets Enzo and he catches him on the mm-hmm. shin with his studs quite strongly, I think. Um, and this was given as a red card and a penalty. Do you guys agree with that? I mean, Romero's been in hothead rehab, apparently, all week. He's, all year he's been, like, you know, keep, you know, keeping himself away from trouble. 
and I think he had a bit of a relapse because <laughs> he just did something completely stupid. I don't know about if I compare it to Gusto so much. I mean, it's against his international teammate. It's like Craig taking out Chris in the box. They're pals. I would definitely do that. <laughs> you would actually do that as well. All right, well, whatever. Your best power, whatever. Like, you, you know, they're World Cup buddies and he's doing that. I mean, Enzo was... It's actually quite funny. Like, Enzo was on the floor in that Jackson VAR check and we didn't even notice. <laughs> yes. I mean, and he's well offside. He's, ten, he's <laughs> offside in pain, raving around. And uh, It was absolutely crazy, uh, considering that they're... And it just, you know what it was? It took so long. It took about 10 minutes to break it all down. Then it was crazy. Well, what do you um, say to them when you turn up in two weeks' time when they fly to Argentina together? Well, he he came off injured, didn't he, later on, Enzo? You yeah. wonder if that was part of that, which which comes back to the argument about, you know, the doggy two-footer originally to say, why do we have to wait for these guys to get their, their legs kicked in before we get the red cards out? But there you go. I mean, Romero, Romero's been sent off more times than any other player in the league since he arrived at Spurs. I think it's four in 70-odd games, 72 or something. So that's, yeah, that's, that's crazy. We get sent off in like one in every 19 games or something like whatever it is. It's like crazy. So but, uh, and, and Ange has come out of this game and I'll just talk about this a little bit that with some positives and some negatives, I think some it's been mixed, the review, but I've had a lot of people be very positive about Ange's management of the team. I mean, got to get control of your players. Romero is, is a known hothead, obviously, with a red card record. You're 1-0 up in a game and, and playing all right, for sure, in the middle of that uh, first half. You know, got to get hold of your players and calm them down Adogi's gone in with two feet Romero's kicked someone it's time to get control of your team and yeah that's part of management and yeah unbelievable that that he let that happen I think there's rumours of him being a bit of a bully um, Ange and you can kind of see it in the players I mean the Tottenham mentality is just completely flip-flopped from where it was previously maybe for decades I mean they're a completely different team and you kind of feel it. You kind of feel him on the players. Like they are wild and out of control. Um, and that was crazy um, from Romero. But yeah, I think that's it's kind of been how they've played all season. They're kind of playing on the edge a little bit. But, you know, it's got them results. Um, after that, we had the penalty and Cold Palmer, as he's now known. Um, although uh, Cario did get a hand on it. There was a bit of a worry when it hit the post. It might not go It was away, a decent but... pen, though. It was a decent pen. Yeah, good power and um, good placement in the end. Got and the end. celebration as well. We'll talk about that one. The shush. The shush, yeah. Even Jackson came over and shushed. I think Thiago Silva <laughs> came over and told him that there's one all lads. <laughs> not won the game yet. Get back. <laughs> um, and then we there was, a, there, was a, there was a Jackson goal, which was offside, which was clear on Sterling. And then for the rest of the half, it was a little bit wild. And obviously with Tottenham being down to 10 men, Chelsea had 11 men, you kind of didn't want Chelsea to go in to, to get fired up alongside Tottenham and start making some bad decisions. We saw some decisions, Colwell and Reese James getting involved. The Colwell starting a fight, um, not ideal. And Reese James with a potential red card with an elbow. What would you make of the rest of the half? Do you think we... We, we were okay there? Or do you think we got a little bit out of control ourselves? I think I, I just want to talk about the game from um, like a helicopter macro point of view. It's like basically that's where I think we played our best football in this game. Some of it, 11 versus 11. I think as they lost more men, we kind of uh, lost more idea of what to do. I think this team is 
they're they're not used to being a superior. You know, I think they've been the underdogs all season. They've been the young uns and up and comings. Now, like right, you're the favourites and you've got to do it. And they froze a bit. They got stage fright a little bit. And um, yeah, I think they struggled to like like you know break the puzzle down. And we will talk about the high line a bit later with the nine men. But yeah, I think they were like we can't lose this. And then the emotion of the game. I think Spurs quite rightly were trying to write, we can get one of their players sent off, we can wind them up, then we can make it a fight rather than like a controlled performance. And that's why Poch, you know, he made this sub at half time, which is a really good sub taking Colwell off. Um, but yeah, it became scrappy and we were kind of playing to what, you know, to their tune a little bit and making it a bit of a battle to Bruce too, really. Yeah, you probably, sorry, you probably, you probably thought going into the dressing room, you can tell, I, well, I can feel like I can tell that Colwell's probably going absolutely nuts in the dressing room as well. And he's probably looking at him going, sorry, buddy. <laughs> We don't actually need you. Yeah. I mean, it's great management, right? And it's exactly yeah, absolutely. What yeah. yeah, I couldn't. Yeah, I agreed. I think getting him off was a really good decision. He wasn't needed for the second half, really, against 10 men. I don't think it was that important to have him on. Um, surprised Badia Shilo didn't come on, but um, yeah. Um, so, second half, it started. You talk about Reese, sorry. I, I oh, don't know. To me, for me, the Reese James incident was was not much of a thing. He just went up for a header, and his left arm was was high. It's, it's probably you know, it's it's not ideal, but it's definitely not a red card offence. I don't think anyone. I didn't hear anyone say it was. They thought it was a definite red or anything. So, no, it could have been, but um, no, I think it was just coming together, wasn't it? Um, second half against ten men. Didn't last long because a doggy made it nine men. He went off with it. It was well. Sterling was in a three on two, and he misplaced a pass to Palmer, which actually benefited us because a doggy then went flying in on him and got sent off with a second yellow. No complaints, I don't think, from anybody about that. That was a clear one. I think he even knew himself. He put his sort of hands on his head as he did it. Um, from then on, obviously we're against nine men. They adopted a, a very bizarre decision to then play on the halfway line with. Um, seven seven defenders in a line. Son was up the pitch, and the goalie was about fifty yards away. And and then Chelsea ran into a few problems with offsides and general ideas. How do you see the rest of the game plan out? I mean, it wasn't like a game of football. It was kind of like a game of like chicken or like you know that sort of like going. It, like go it was like a training drill. The, the second half, the end of the second yeah. half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't. It was like sort of yeah. It was like a you know just punt it up and. What we just kept doing is overhitting the pass constantly, just yeah. putting five, ten percent on it. Too. I mean, uh, Vicario played really well, but there were so many times where, it, and it won't show up on the XG, but I mean, we ended up with four XG in the game. There was so many, like I don't know if you call it like XA or whatever, like you know uh, something like that. It's like we're so many like times where we should have gone through and we didn't get a shot away or we got cut out or something like that. I mean, we that's where the goals are missed and a little bit like. Neville was saying that, like, you know, Chelsea got to stop doing this. I mean, the tactic was working fine. Like, we were through a lot. Like, Kukurea went through one-on-one. We had plenty of chances. It's just the execution of the ball was not quite there. And, yeah, that, I mean, maybe you needed Enzo on the pitch as well. Maybe you could put those passes through. And in the end, it was, in the end, it was Sterling. And, you know, there was a lot of made it. I know Liam Tooney on the Stratocom podcast said that, you know, Jackson was making terrible runs, but I mean, in general, we, it looked like it was coming, but it was just the, the tension was building as it got to like, you know, 70 minutes. Yeah, I think um, it was, I think there was some confusion around like why people were standing, for me anyway, why they were standing on the very shoulder of the defenders. So um, I think you saw that they talked about this on the TIFO podcast today because obviously it was quite an interesting tactical thing to break down, but um, 
Jackson was quite often standing offside because yeah. they were trying to get the wingers through onside. And then you saw this play out actually a lot. And then Jackson's way ahead of the defenders and they can't catch him. And then he's just got an easy tap in. That's how we scored the goal. Um, so that is a tactical thing um, that they, they deliberately did. But it did mean that quite often some players would look up and it looks like Jackson's offside and that can be very frustrating for fans to watch. But that was actually a tactical decision from well, the team. I, I don't understand that because we're trying to pass him the ball though. Well, okay, obviously that's a mistake, I think, from the team. to, to mistake Yeah, the well, they didn't really. I, I think if you're going to play against that line, you just get people to run from deep. So you like Kukurea and Rhys James and you just give Palmer the ball and just get people to run well, from deep. Like the ideal back. person would have been uh, Mudrick or Sterling, um, you know, to get, get in behind. And it was Sterling eventually that timed it right um, on that side with, with Rhys James and Jackson was miles ahead of the centre-backs. So they couldn't catch him and it was a tap-in. It, it did work eventually, but yeah, it probably took a long time for it to work, longer than it should have taken. Absolutely. Um, it wasn't Jackson did eventually score. He scored in the 75th minute, 20 minutes after um, the red card, the second red card, I should say, of the game. And then it became a little bit worrying because Spurs created a few good chances towards the end, including a really, well, the Bentica one was probably the best chance they had in terms of XG, um, although the, the Dyer one won't go down because um, obviously he was offside um, when he uh, volleyed it into the top corner and Sun had a decent chance. Were you worried at that point? I mean, I think quite a lot was made of it. The main thing, they only created, I mean, they created 0.2 XG in the first half and like I think 0.6 or 0.7 in the second half, which is more than they should have got. The the main one was the one at the end with the, the, the you know, the Son chance, which is obviously had a bit of a nightmare and I'm sure you'll mention him again in the Thames Art, I'm sure. Um, and it was, it was, it was given, set, it, it was given set pieces away. That was really frustrating. Gusto made a really stupid foul. I think yeah. that led to a poor chance. I'm not sure. They we just kept conceding. That's one of the most annoying things about the you know one. Just keep the ball and don't give away any silly fouls, and they literally can't score. I, just I mean, the fun chance. It, it was just a through ball, and he was the son, and they're backing off, and they you know they they took him into a decent area, sort of. Um, but otherwise, it was just you know the dire goal. It was just it's just um, set pieces that you shouldn't be giving away, and. Uh, yeah, I mean, considering that we had two more outfield players on the pitch, we really shouldn't be leaving men unmarked either. But it's just two set pieces, really, and that's that's really the only way Spurs looked like they were going to score. So um, we're still dominating the game. I mean, there was a lot made, you know, Chelsea didn't create. I mean, I'm not, we created free XG in the second half, and like I said, I mean, I know they're tapping, so that'll bump it up, but <laughs> Spurs didn't really have much. They less than one XG the whole game. Um, and obviously, that gave Bentacore 0.5 XG for that chance from the free kick. I, I, I thought it was a good chance, but I didn't think it was anywhere near 0.5. Yeah. I think he, uh, I think he made it look like a not a good chance because of the way he tried to control it. I think if he had controlled it like a normal person would have yeah. done, then people were saying you know, we had five big chances in the second half. That usually get the job done. So there was a lot of like you know we, we did leave it a bit too late, but once it was like you know once it was like a it's like a watershed. Once you get one, it's like London buses. Like once you got one, they just kept coming. I mean, if we played the game another five minutes, we would have scored two more. I think. Well, they didn't really though, because after the Jackson goal on the seventy-fifth minute, our next shot came in the ninety-plus fourth minute. Yeah, maybe they. So, we did, we did have to hold the game a little bit. Um, we we I think we I think we looked a little bit disorganised. If I'm honest, I thought we would like with nine men. They we were worried. We were really struggling against their press. I think, I think you can see the, the immaturity in the team for sure yeah. in that second half. Um, you know, and also the lack of confidence, I would say. Both of those things, I think, were really, really obvious. They were nervous at 2-1 up. 
I think, <laughs> you know, it, which is ridiculous versus nine men, but it, you could see it the way they played. Um, and also just the, the players we had on, I think I, I talked about it a little bit. And I, I wouldn't say they're the most sort of intelligent bunch of players that we, we've got on the pitch at the end of the game. You know, I, I just think they, they're, they're very young, very, very inexperienced and just not savvy and smart in any way. You know, you should be trying to get fouls and things like that and like slow the game down. Yeah. And, and just, just um, you know, we, we didn't have any of that, so... I agree, yeah. Definitely a naivety to the team. Um, right, let's talk about the players. Let's move on to the temperatures. Time to see whose form's on top, who's heating up, whose temperature's dropped, who's been playing well and who's not. It's freezing, warming up, boiling hot. Right, I think it's me first this week. Go me, Craig Brady. Uh... <laughs> Let me guess. <laughs> In the freezer for me, it's a hat trick. Axel Dizazi. I'm sorry. It's, I, I can't, I can't hat, keep, I can't keep this around. This, this was another... Dis- it was a horrible performance from Dazazi. Even at 11 men, I thought he was awful. He was completely out of shape. He didn't know if he was coming or going. He couldn't move into the right areas to defend the crosses. The sun goal, I think, is obviously he was offside, but it was mostly his fault because he can just get in a better position. You know, you can anticipate what's going to happen like we all were because as soon as the ball goes out wide on the left, well, you, don't, you don't need to play offside or anything. Just get, Just get back. Uh, and then the sun chance at the end where he, I don't know what he's doing, some sort of dance or something, and he falls over. It's... I mean, that was just absolutely bizarre. I mean, it's just, he's a calamity waiting to happen. Disaster. Yeah. The fact Lovely. he hasn't given away more goals is it's just pure luck, actually. Yes, I agree. I completely agree. If Sun had scored at the end and it had gone 2-2, if he had buried it in the corner, which to be fair, he almost did. It was a good save from Sanchez. Um I think most people would never want him playing for Chelsea <laughs> for like a good few weeks after that. But uh, he survived and uh, yeah, he was poor again. Yeah, I think his mate Badia Shield's going to be coming in and uh, he's Monaco Pal. And um, I think he's had a good run in the team, but maybe it might be time to hit the bench, I think. Yeah, I mean, I, I completely agree. I, I'm very nervous when he's on the ball. Even. There's, there's, be- there's better. There's better centre backs on the injury table and on the bench. So you know, if Fafana was fit, if that ever happens, I mean, and um, if you know when Badia Shield was back and, and and you know firing and completely fit, I think he'll be well ahead of Dizarsi. And um, like I said before, repeating ourselves, you know, he's a backup. You know, he's a you know like Lind, you know Man United have a Lindelof. You know. You know, Man City. Man City technically are not like that because they played. They you know the four across the, the four across the back. But he's a backup centre back, and you can't get on him massively. But he's been playing too. He's been played too much, exposed too much, and he's exposing the team at the moment. Craig. Um, so in my freezer, obviously, is Dizazi really? But I do want to talk about one other player that I'm going to put in the freezer, and that's uh, Mikhailo Mudrik. Um, I, th- I thought his his cameo, his second half, like when he came on, was absolutely shocking. I mean, if you could design a player that would be absolutely ideal to have in a situation where a team has nine men and they're parked at the halfway line, it would be Mikhailo Mudrik. 
I mean, he's literally, if you could pick a player in the Premier League, he's probably number one. You just, you, you just start five yards back and you sprint forward and get someone to time the ball. He didn't make a single run in behind. We didn't get him in behind once. It was absolutely crazy to watch what he was doing. And not only that, when you're down to, when the other team's down to nine men, it's, it's not time to pick up the ball and start dribbling at three players. Yeah, I do agree with that. Yeah, that was like, what is he doing? Like every time yeah. you got the ball, it's head down, take going to the byline as if they were playing eleven on eleven. Fine when Spurs were eleven v eleven. You know that's when you, the time to attack the fullback. Poro's rubbish defensively. You know he could definitely be got at, and that's sort of what we talked about in the preview pod. But when they're down to nine men, it's time to pass the ball into the centre of the pitch. I was. I, it frustrates me so much that he has so much ability and talent and you just watch him do the most idiotic things and we haven't even talked about the studs on the goalie the the foul which was just just crazy to me as well that he did that um and there was one other incident with madrick that i'm forgetting that i wanted to bring up as well which might come to me but yeah just in general just uh, unbelievable 45 minutes for him i think think he was the pinnacle of a not a young team not dealing with the meta of you know the, the situation it was like what we call maybe like in poker you call it a, a vacuum situation where it's like very specific situation this is how you win the game they had just been they, they were like still in training in a week like Poch told me that you know to get to the byline versus exactly yeah yeah Poch told me to get to the byline and do this they couldn't they couldn't really adjust I mean Palmer could but even Jackson like oh that, I've got to recalibrate my brain like really quickly they just couldn't they couldn't really quite we got over the line. But um, yeah, they just couldn't really recalibrate the situation in it, and it nearly cost us because you know, if it went to like another five minutes and we didn't score, it would have got really, really nervy. So uh, it's, it's, it's insane to me that Kukurea got in behind once, yeah. and and Madrid d- didn't get in behind once in the in you know thirty five forty minutes. It's just well, crazy. he got in behind twice, right? Didn't he? Because he played one to Jackson, then he he was unlucky not to get. Well, Jackson looked like he was almost going to pass it to him for the goal, but he. He stumbled, I think. Yeah. And then he went round and scored himself. That, that, that's harsh. I think he faked that he was going to pass it, right? And Vicario went to that, so he just dribbled it. Was a very, it was a very good fake. Yeah. Anyway, talk about probably, yeah. We can talk about Jackson. Yeah, I thought Mudrick was poor when he came on. I think he could have done more. I don't think the team were that good generally as well. I mean, Poor spot was... to bring Mudrick on because he needs, Mudrick needs structure, I think. I think he needs... Yeah. No, I, I don't agree with that at all. I think he's the ideal player to bring on when they're playing really high. Well, te- technically, yes, but I'm talking about as a personality. He sure, needs yeah. some round. Like you're, you're doing this, you're doing that. So yeah. I've, never, I've, I've but, never, I've never played against nine men before. How, how do we do it, Potts? That sort of thing. It's like, yeah. it's like, it's like kind of like, well, okay, well, we've got to do this. Oh, okay, well, mm, I, mean, I, think but I don't think Pochettino is that kind of coach. He looks like it's more like you know, give it yeah. your best up front, and it's all very like. Go on, sorry, go on, go on. They, they panned to him and he had his arm around Mudrick at one of the stoppages, literally just talking to him for like two or three minutes. Just telling, I, I don't know, obviously you, you get no insight into actually what he's saying, but you know, he's, he's not doing the right things out there. He, he, and he speaks English, Mudrick. <laughs> I don't even know. Yeah. I think he's speaking Ukrainian to him. Yeah. Yeah, he was poor. Uh, Brady, who have you got? It's a. Uh... Even the golden boy can't escape the freezer. It comes for everyone. Gold tinted ice cubes, I guess. It's Levi Colwell. It was shocking yesterday. Shocking. Um, yeah. Lost his head quicker than Henry VIII's wife. Henry VIII's wives. <laughs> I mean, 
He should have. How he didn't get sent off, I never know. The Spurs players let him off, you know, and Gallagher ran in, rugby tackled him. Terrible, terrible. Went to his head. And I think it shows, you know, he's got a massive contract, probably going to be like England, you know, England star in the future. Fantastic player, maybe future captain, all these things, all these plaudits. Still inexperienced, man. Still in that situation. Yeah, I mean, Kuliseski had him on toast as well for a bit. And, I mean, for the goal, wasn't great. Turned his back. And I think it's time you just play Kukurea at left back for a bit and you let, you let the centre-backs duke it out. So, was, you know, this Colwell experiment at left back, it's all right, but it's got mixed results and he looked poor yesterday. And I think he'd only need a couple of games at left back to be poor to lose his confidence. And, look, he's not a left back. And I think you've got to start playing him left centre-back where he's going to play. So, I think you've got to start playing him in his position because, you know, I thought Kukurea when he came on, all right, granted he was against nine men. Kukurea, he came on, looked natural, looked like he knew what he was doing, knew his role. Kukurea shouldn't have really been dropped. He'd been playing really well. So, um, yeah, poor last night by Levi. And uh, I had to put him in the freezer. He was he was bad. He was really bad. His passing was actually really bad in the game as 72, well. 72% pass park accuracy. That is shocking. And, and there was a few instances where he could have played Sterling in and Jackson in behind and he overhit passes. Yeah, you should right. expect better from him, really, overall. But it is a nice reminder that he's 20 years old. I think that Fulham assist, there was a lot made of that against Mudrick. I think that was a one in I think that was a one in a million or I don't think he's got that in his locker much. I think he's he's a progressive passer from the back. He's not a fullback. I think we've got to start playing in any position. Uh, with with the emergence of Kukurea playing well. And I, I me and Chris said in the preview, maybe you need Kukurea to like get on the player. And it was like that. He backs off Kulusevsky. Yeah, Kulusevsky's exactly. got no pace. Kulusevsky's not fast. He's got to get on him and make him uncomfortable. We did that in the second half. If you, if you do that, Kulusevsky goes into tunnels and he dribbles around. Don't yeah. back off Kulusevsky like he's messy. So, yeah, really bad. Really bad for the goal. Um, and yeah, it was unlucky, but, yeah, really poor for Levi and uh, a surprising freezer. Yeah, I, I have to agree. And I thought he, I agree. I think for the first goal, I think he was really poor. I think you've got to get to him. I think he forgot he wasn't, I think he maybe forgot he was the left back at that point. Um, he thinks he's, you know, he's got a bit more time. He's quite confident. Even when the goal goes in, you kind of think he, he's almost like, yeah, wasn't my fault. It's just unlucky. It's like, you just got to get out to him. Yeah. You have to get out to him, make him make a decision. We know who, how left footed he is as well. Get him on his right, make it uncomfortable for him. It's just too easy. Just jogged in and kicked the ball and it went in. I mean, it's like... They do that thing where they back off and put their hands behind the back and just do nothing. Yeah, I don't, I don't like that defense, sort of defending. Like, be, nah. be proactive for you defending. Like, I don't like that. Yeah, I think it was a poor team selection um, for him. I think it was, a, it was a decision maybe off the back of something he was trying and it didn't work at all. And I think it was a good sub. And especially, obviously, he lost his head um, about something which I wasn't really sure about. Sure, he'll get better because you know if he put him back in the left centre back spot, and we're looking, at, we're talking about him, and you know, Baddy Shaw being the future of the club as centre back, perfect. But at left back, not loving this experiment. I think it's a little bit like the Chilwell one at the start of the season. It looked good, but it's like at the Chilwell left midfield. Sorry, it looked good, but it's having diminishing returns. I think. I think Kukurea gets. You know, he's been playing well. Just keep him there for me. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think what I would say is when it doesn't work like yesterday. Posh subbed him, and you could maybe say subbed him off because he got booked as well. But um, oh, he definitely subbed him off because he got booked, definitely because he lost his head. But I do yeah. think that was a good tactical change as well, if, yeah. if, if he did it for that reason. Yeah. All right, warming up. Um, lots of candidates for warming up. Actually. There are lots of candidates um, for warming up. Get some special mentions going. 
<laughs> I have to give. I have to give it to. Um, I, I gave it to him last week, I think, as well. But uh, yeah, Caicedo, I thought again had a really good game. Thought he was uh, just really good. Uh, you know, Tottenham were all over us at the beginning. It's probably the closest thing I've seen to Liverpool um, since they sort of lost Mane and became a little bit less involved in pressing teams. Um, and I thought he was so calm and cool with the ball and he helped us get up the pitch, him and Enzo. They worked really well together. It's a shame Enzo had to go off, actually. and Well, you know, that, that happened. Um, but I thought they were both really good in the, the first half um, because I think, I think last season, uh, you know, when you're playing like Jorginho and Kovacic and Kante, I don't think we retained the ball as well and I don't think we were able to like put assert ourselves back into the game at 1-0. And uh, I think we were able to do that really well. And I think it's because of both of them. Um, but Caicedo, because he, he was so good, I think, he really helped. And I think we really saw what we paid our money for yesterday. And it was so unlucky not to have scored. It would have been a perfect game. I think Carragher came out before the game and said, like, Caicedo's had a bit of a mixed start. I don't think he's been watching us at all. And maybe he's a bit sour about all the money and stuff. But I think he's been excellent recently. And I think this was another great game for him. Yeah, I thought, I thought, you get a lot of that with Sky, the non-research day. He's not been great. <laughs> I, I well, they just watch that West Ham game, don't they, where he gave yeah. away the penalty. Oh, he like, gave away yeah. a penalty like two months ago. <laughs> yeah, uh, well, on a side note, I think that um, they do an incredible job on Monday Night Football of making it interesting to watch. Oh, 100%. Um, but yeah, um, Caicedo was brilliant yesterday. And also, yeah, you're right, he's been brilliant recently. He, he covers so much ground in midfield. He's, he's, he's like one of those players that's worth two players. Almost, you know, in the amount of ground he covers, and he didn't actually get a great rating in a lot of the uh, the ratings apps, which I was quite surprised that I was expecting him to be sort of much better. And it's because he he only won two of eight ground jewels, according to them. Um, he did lose a lot of ball early, I would say, um, in the in the game and when he was facing the pressing. But I do agree with Chris that he he did look very calm as well, and he was sort of ready. I think we were a bit unfortunate in a lot of the duels at the start of the game. Spurs got a lot of bounces uh, in, in that regard and sort of was able to spread the play. He, he made some really good tackles, and a few of them were given as fouls, I think, by Oliver as well, which clearly weren't. Um, so I think he got unlucky with a few of those. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I thought he was brilliant. And yeah, I, I thought he was going to be uh, honourable mention, actually. I didn't think he was going to get into the, uh, into the official warming-up section, but I'm, I'm glad he did. I mean, I didn't watch loads and loads of him at Brighton last year, but I thought we were being, you know, I thought we brought like a player who could break play up, really good at pressing, and then he could just sort of like, you know, just a little bit like Kante, just, you know, pass it to someone else, simple pass. Not like that at all. He gets the ball, he can, he can spray it, he can turn it, he can turn it around the corner, he's confident on the ball, he's got a shot on him. Yeah, I mean, you know. He's more a footballer than Kante overall. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I've said before, Kante was just, you know, Really good at high recoveries, getting the ball back. But on the ball, Gallo Kante was not good. I mean, there's, there's, yeah, wonderful player. Chelsea, almost pretty much Chelsea legend. But yeah, when he was shoot, it was almost like, you know, the middle of the goal. Or I don't think ever score a goal, ever, ever dream of scoring a goal like I say I did yesterday. So, um, yeah. He scored a few. Kante scored a few. Yeah, United at home, Leicester away as well, I think. Maybe like the bit of like Curly in the corner. This was a rocket. Yeah, like, yeah. He hasn't got the the finesse and the power. Mm. So, yeah. Great, who have you got? I, I thought there was, a, a, like I said earlier, a lot of options for this, but I'm going to give it to Reese James, who I think potentially was in warming up last week for a couple of us as well, but um, 77 minutes 
of, of Rhys James at right back was just fantastic and a, a pleasure to watch. Um, he makes so many incredible decisions on the ball for us as well that gets us out of tricky situations. And because he's so strong on the ball, he can even turn his back and turn as well. And, and yeah, I, I just think he, we've missed him so, so badly and we don't even realise how, how badly we have missed him. Not only just his leadership, which I think is important for us now going forward, but just his, his play as well. So, yeah, um, I'll, I'll give Rhys James warming up. Yeah, I thought he was excellent, Rhys James. He is excellent when he plays, if he can stay fit. I think managing his minutes is good. Um, we're massive downgrade when Gusto came on, unfortunately. He was always quite poor. But yeah, Rhys James, good, like I say, good decisions on the ball. You know, always wants to move forward as well. Always looking to play forward in terms of finding the right pass and getting into good space. I think he could have just been a little bit better with his crossing. It was just, it was almost a little bit, uh, I don't want to say hit and hope. It didn't feel that targeted. Yeah. I think you get a little bit better at that, but him and Palmer and that, you know, down the right for the first half, I thought they were exceptional. They worked yeah. really well together as well. So I'm really excited yeah. about that as a duo, him and Palmer, because they're both excellent on the ball versus a press. And that yeah. side we can really rely on if we put Caicedo on the right, which it looks like we are going to do. Those three, press as pres- press resistant as they come. And that's going to be very important in the games yeah. that we've got coming up. I mean, I, I, I mean, I don't need to second everything. Everyone knows really watches Reece James what he's good at. I just think he can actually go up to another level. Like yesterday, he got you know zero out of six accurate, accurate crosses. He's got a little bit of like I don't know if it's cockiness or if he could just like Chris said targeted it a bit more and just a little bit more focused in those attacking areas. I mean, because he's, he's got all the ability on the ball. What's you know maybe he's just getting back into it. And but there are just, situations where you feel like he could maybe whip across in a bit better because you know he can put it on a sixpence really so um quality player lovely to have him back you know he's got two games in a row um it's good to have a captain on the pitch like you know when you're celebrating in, at, in the away end it's good i mean you see it's a picture in our whatsapp group him and jackson it's just good to have a captain on the pitch and um yeah just long may he stay fit that's all we can hope for our third celebration mention of the pod but i loved his celebration him and jackson blowing the kisses to the the fans after that car i thought it was brilliant I think he's also what you would say is it's not his fault. The attacking options are very poor, I think, at the moment. Um, so there is that, you know, maybe with better players in the box. Um, I think he, you know, that that also part, plays a part in um, maybe a Christopher Nkunku or someone. Yeah, Nkunku, maybe Osserman, Um and I think maybe a really good attacking midfielder as well. So yeah, <coughs> me yeah. Yeah. Brady, yeah, who you got? I mean, there's loads of players to choose from, but, you know, Chris has put him in. T- um, if, for me, warming up Potch for me. Um, this is a big, big wing for, like, just for him as a Chelsea manager. We haven't won a game like that. But, you know, I mean, we'll speak about it before. We haven't, the last time we beat, like, a, you know, traditional, I guess, I mean, that has changed, but like, a traditional top six side was Spurs in, you know, January 2022. That's a long time ago. That's getting on for two years. Massive win for him. I think there was a lot. There was a lot said about you know um, how he's going to act as Spurs. I thought he acted active with class. And I think on the touchline, a little bit you saw no more Mister Nice Guy. He was fuming at some of the stuff. You know he hooked Cole Will, um, and you know that was a big decision. And it, yeah, I think you know for him to win at Spurs, if you, there's a lot about the game about you know the VAR and the madness and the nine men. Think about it, he won four one at Spurs. Like that is massive for him. And, like, he, he said it himself like. It's an amazing night because we got three points and it 
We this could be. I was thinking if you know that in that bit where it's one one, like it could go either way. Like if we can't win this game, we could really go or go off a cliff. This team confidence wise, bit. I know we've got City on Sunday, and you know Newcastle after that, and there's difficult fixtures. But we could really use this as a springboard in it, and it really connects him with the fans' wins like this because you know you know as he's shown this week, he's you know still a Spurs man in some sense. But like it really connects him to the fans, and especially the match going fans who are going to sing his name at the terrace. So. Um, yeah, I thought it, I thought it was a really big night for him. Yeah, absolutely brilliant um, for for Posh. I, I can only imagine what that would have felt like. Um, I thought, yeah, he was very respectful, um, as you yeah. said to, to the to the Spurs staff and, and fans post game. He wasn't really heavily involved in the big celebration at the end of the game, as you'd expect. I think he, he wanted to be respectful to that, and he definitely, I, I definitely respect that about him as a human being. Um, but yeah, huge, huge win. Um, I, I thought we came back into the game first half. I, I know it's been sort of talked about a bit about how we struggled to to not easily break down nine men straight away. Um, but uh, you know, it's a, a small criticism, I guess. You know, we definitely weren't brilliant yesterday, but we were good enough, and we kept our heads and we managed the game. And these are all important things that, of being a manager. It's not just about um, you know minute tactical details. So yeah, he, I thought he managed the game really well, and like you said, just a huge huge result. Yeah, it's a big result for Poch. I think he should be he'll be delighted. Said the recent results have been really positive. Um there's lots of work to do. I think that was evident yesterday. Um of, of how we're gonna improve going forward. Um maybe that's a personnel issue, but yeah, I think he could be happy with that. Big game Sunday. So he can not be as obliged to feel like we need to win it if we'd obviously not, not won yesterday so happy for him also just we we got a bit of luck i mean imagine coming in and kunku gets injured straight away he's been he wasn't part of the recruitment process really or, or, or much you know he's going to be in, apparently involved all the you know the matt law romano they're all saying he's going to be way more involved in january so maybe the transfer um age and the profile will shift he's come with all these young players loads of I mean, unbelievable amount of injuries so many like the club's a bit turbulent still Goss got a bit of luck, you know. Just got, you know, that luck being Spurs imploded, I suppose. But like, yeah, just got a bit of luck, and we finally just got over. Even the Palmer penalty, little moments like that. Even the Romero sending off where it was viewed via. Got a bit of luck last night. A little bit of, you know, rubber the green, and he he deserves that definitely from his time because there's been there's times where you know the, the classic he's coached to win. I think he has a lot of times. We've had like no luck and no finishing. So yeah, I think it. It's you know it was a big night for like you know if you know if we if we go and one nil up against City on Sunday the the bridge will be rocking you know so can really get the, it's more about the off the off the off the field pitch off the field stuff like the energy and the connection with the fans like even any even like going to be like too cool anytime soon but it'd be great to have that again with a connection with the manager after par. Boiling hot. Ooh. You're up. Well, <laughs> he scored a hat trick. Um, I think we're, I think we're all, we're all going to have Nick Jackson's boiling hot because he's boiling hot. Yeah, he, he is. It's, it's he is bit, boiling hot. Bit, bit my, boiling my boiling hot's hot. not Nick Jackson, so but, yeah, it, it's a difficult one because I actually thought he was fairly fairly poor. I mean, the header was absolutely disgraceful. If I'm honest with you, for a professional oh, yeah, footballer, the one where Mudrick set him up, where he blazed it over the bar. Even his finishes for the second 
that was right at the goalie. I could have yeah. finished that a lot better. Yeah, that, Third yeah. one, he didn't. I didn't look comfortable that he knew what he really was doing. Saturday night um, fever, the last one, a little dance. But what you would say is he scored three goals. Um, and that's all that matters, really, a bit like the result and the performance. So, yeah. Happy for him. Look, he he really loves it here at Chelsea. That's what you would say. We give him a bit of stick on the pod because he missed loads of chances and he, he scored three. You know, it weren't perfect. Uh, he missed obviously a few others, but we you've got to say that he was he made a big difference and his pace yesterday was really helpful. Um, you know, we've he could have easily missed all the chances that he scored, um, but he didn't. And uh, I thought the first goal that he scored. Uh, to make it 2-1 was a really smart finish into the corner with his wrong foot. So, um, yeah, I'm happy for him. I think he, he loves it, Chelsea, and I think he really deserved to have a good day because he's missed some absolute sitters um, this season. Yeah, I, I'm going to talk about him he, as well, not getting enough credit. I, I think he's like, he, he does some poor things, Jackson. He's, he's, he's misses some easy chances. But I think people forget about the first half chance as well, where he got played through by Sterling, and he cut inside the defender and then cut in again, and Vicario made a great save. From that, I thought that was really composed. Um, and yeah, the, the finish for the first, for the goal that put us 2-1 up with his left foot into the corner, that's not an easy finish, yeah? Vicario made a hell of an effort. He needed to put it in the corner to score. So yeah, I, I think, look, he's, he's not the finished article, Nicholas Jackson. I think we can see that when we watch him. We can see that he's very naive and immature player as well in terms of progression as a striker. You know, he... he He's not Didier Drogba reincarnated right now, that's for sure. And yeah, he's, he's a lot of work to do, but he's, he's shown some flashes. And yeah, he scored a hat-trick away at Spurs. He's, he scored the, the same amount of goals this season as Ollie Watkins. Um, he's got the same amount of goals as Evan Ferguson. You know, these are players that are being talked about um, as having great seasons. So yeah, I think uh, Nicholas Jackson deserves a, a lot more credit than he gets. I mean, he, he went into the game with three goals and he went out of six. I mean, that's pretty decent going. It's pretty, you know, double your money sort of thing. And I think, you know what? I mean, Liam Tooney called it the worst tattoo performance he's ever seen. I mean, that was... I hate that. I hate that, yeah. I thought, I thought that was really harsh, really harsh. And um, I tell you what, every time he, you know, I wanted to put him in the freezer for doing the Sioux celebration, to be honest. Uh, not, <laughs> yeah, I think that was abysmal. Not a, big, not a big fan of that celebration or the player that does it, to be honest. But... You know, when he's pointing at the badge and at the end he was walking off further giving him grief and he walked down the tunnel. And every time you point at the badge, your degrees goes up in terms of boiling hot. You go up a degree. And um, you know what? Like, maybe it was a weird game. It was a weird night. Maybe we've kind of fluked or backdoored our way into him finding some confidence. I mean, he was struggling and now we've got this bizarre game where he's been handed free, got a hat-trick on a plate when it looked like he couldn't hit a barn door, let's be honest. And so... Maybe that's again the luck. Maybe that's that's how careers are made. Maybe like you just you get that little bit of momentum, and look like even from a sort of stats standpoint, he's definitely hopefully on to get twelve fifteen. You can maybe say now we could get twelve fifteen league goals, and, and, and you know however you get them, that's fine. So yeah, with Nkunku out, you know, and you know it's going to be hard to drop him now for City. I mean, a lot of players, people want uh, Mudrik back in, but yeah, I mean, he's, when players score hat tricks. However they come, you can knee it in, whatever. It breeds confidence. So, yeah, he's going to be top of the world right now. Yeah, I think it's, it's good to see. Uh, I'm really happy for him because it's not, it's not a, you know, he's trying. He's it's, a bit, trying it's a little bit like Werner. It's a bit like Werner. Where, uh, I don't think he's like Werner. 
Well, well I mean, but you, you want him to score, you know. You, 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 yeah. You, 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 would, you know, he's a nice guy. You wouldn't him to score. You know, he's a bit of a fan favourite, that sort of thing. If so, he gets um, if he gets a hat trick every time he plays Spurs, I tell you what, he'd be one of the, he'd be a very yeah, big fan favorite. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but it, now you want him to score, you're winning for him. He's like he's a you know he's a young young guy and he, it's a big it's a, it's a huge move for him. Remember, and he's kind of, kind of plucked him from obscurity really at Villarreal, massive stage for him. Probably still adjusting. So yeah, yeah. I'll I'll just quickly talk about my boiling hot. And that is Cole Palmer, who I thought was absolutely brilliant again. I mean, it's copy and paste really from our warming up and boiling hots from last week. I think you guys both had Cole Palmer as boiling hot last week. And I had uh, um, Reese James as my warming up. I mean, same again. Cole Palmer I thought was brilliant. And from minute one as well, he was brilliant in the game. So composed under pressure. We were really struggling uh, the first five, ten minutes and he was great. And then the pass for the goal that they score, that Jackson scores at the end, that first time hit pass. I haven't had it, seen it really talked about. I thought that was absolutely fantastic. Yeah, you know, and and you can't take it for granted. I think with him, he's a 21 year old player that's come in got his first run of games, playing for a huge club after not really playing much, many Premier League minutes, and he's just been absolutely outstanding. And he's 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 probably right now, if I was to say one player that I I don't want to lose, it's probably him. I mean, if I say to Rhys James, maybe you'd say those three, but that's about that's about it, right? The 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 rest of the team, I sort of can take it or leave it. Those three players are, are, are probably our most important players. I mean, four out of five successful dribbles. His XA was near, nearly zero point four. His XA in every game is nearly like zero point four, zero point five. That's really good. And look, like he scored three. I mean, the first penalty he scored for us against Burnley was his first Premier League goal ever. The next one's against Arsenal. The next one's against Tottenham. I mean, he's, I mean, yeah, okay. The keeper got a touch. The keeper got a hand to it yesterday, but he slotted it away. And um, yeah, form player at the club, man. I mean, he's just—he looks a level of, like in the. I think Gary Neville said in the first fifteen minutes, he's the only one that's settled in the Chelsea team. He just goes into any again. I go back to the Forest game. He goes into a fire and he's just chill. He's just like calm down. Like I, I, just give me the ball, and he wants the ball all the time. Give me the ball. Always looking to play it forward. He's going to be in the temps. I can't see him getting many freezes this year. I mean, quality play. Yeah, I agree. I think he's excellent. Um, five goals and assists. Goals and assists. He's got five this season in 500 minutes. So really impressive. Um, yeah, I think we can be really excited about Cole Palmer. I think he's going to get, he's definitely going to get double digit goals and assists easily. Um, sky's the limit, I think, with him. I really do. Um Need to Seems like ensure cool that we say that again. Sorry. Seems like a cool kid as well. Like you know, yeah. he's got his head yeah, on his, his shoulder. Well, yeah, and he's got a bit of someone about him. The shushing after the penalty, like he's 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 loving life. There he's was a very funny start. moment. They asked him on Sky Sports, like um, he went. So did you find that you know you seem to find it more difficult to play against nine? He went, no, it's easier against nine. <laughs> 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 like deadpan, and it was just like and it was kind of mancurian. Like that was a stupid question, kind of. It was like really funny. So um, yeah. yeah, he's just chill, man. Yeah, chill, chill guy. He's uh, he's rapidly moving up my my pecking order for for Chelsea players in the squad right now. Like you know, yeah, like I said earlier in the season as well, he's he's approaching back of the shirt material. Cole Palmer. I think with I think with Palmer, it's all about position for me. That might be it's just you know where do you really play him and to get the best of him? Is it the right wing? Is it sort of center? Is it free roll? Uh, maybe it depends on the opponents, but he he's going to be. A big, I think he's already the first name in the attacking three on the on the sheet. 
think we're starting to really pick the players that are going to be the, uh, you know, almost the staples for the positions. And I think he's there. Then you get like Caicedo, Enzo, um, Colwell, Badiashile, James. Starting to really find a good team. We just need to start filling out the rest of the positions over the next sort of couple of transfer windows. Sure. I think uh, we've been talking on this pod for like nearly, you know, 45 minutes an hour and we haven't mentioned, this is a little special mention, we never really mentioned, it's Colin Gallagher again, he's quality again. Like he just... You've got your boiling hot left, so do you want to put him in there? I mean, yeah, I mean, quality. Just, you know, at, um, 95% pass accuracy, he got another assist, he's actually got three assists already now this season. He's, he's racking a bit of an assist machine, needing to shoot more and get in more position, but again, he's everywhere. He's like a little terrier, he's everywhere. And like, you know, at the end, Saar didn't shake his hand, so he got on his face. I mean, if Tottenham ever come for a bid from him, we send him to Tottenham. Good luck, Conor Gallagher, walking into that Spurs dressing room. Because <laughs> he's rolled half of them up. He's Mr. Chelsea, man. So we used to call Mason Mount like Mr. Chelsea. I think this guy's missing. He, he's heart on the sleeve. And he's also showing a lot of ability. So if he undercover boiling, up, boiling hot a woman up every week, it just goes without saying and, Quality performance again, especially in a London derby. You need players like that just in there all the time. So, again, hasn't been mentioned at all on this podcast like, um, until now. Quality player, really. Yeah, good. yeah, another great performance. Three tackles, two interceptions, ninety-one percent pass accuracy. Really, maybe really some, good. Maybe some games you don't need him, but in Spurs away, you definitely need him. Yeah, I think. I think. Well, yeah, yeah. I think that's one of the big issues I had with the team yesterday was. You know, when we were playing the three in the middle, as I always say, you got our flying wing backs, you play Colwell, and you could see it when we went, they went down to nine. You didn't know who was supposed to be running forward. Yeah. Um, but because you, you want runners from midfield at that point, and they're, they're not going to do it. But Gallagher did well for the, for the, um, the second goal. The third goal. Third goal. Block, you, could t- you could take Gallagher no, out, goal. maybe put Palmer in the 10, Palmer. and we could just have Paisado and Enzo or something like that. But like in these games where you know, it's a real midfield battle, I mean, yeah, he's, he's priceless. Yeah, another great performance. Um, I did have a special, very quick special mention. Um, not in a good way, unfortunately. I actually thought Uga Chukwu was quite poor when he came on. Believe him, uh, he was poor. <laughs> he was on for five minutes, wasn't he? Yeah, he almost, gave, he almost gave away the goal because he lost the ball. Um, so just another yeah, another worrying performance. <laughs> from are, you, are you the British media? Any old Chelsea narrative? Uh, you know, poor Chelsea narrative. Just dropping it out there. I, he's looking very poor. Obviously, we've got Santos and uh, Cas- 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 there. He's not getting any minutes, bless him. I mean, he maybe needs a loan. I think he's he comes on, he keeps giving the ball away for big opposition chances. So he won't be getting any more, hopefully. It's tough when they don't get any rhythm and minutes. I think, I think there's a player there. Probably needs a loan, but... We, we're overstocked there. We've got two players now fishing out alone, so I'm not sure what they're going to do next season, but that's the next season's problem. Okay. Um, very quickly on FPL, because I had a storming week. Um, it was no, a week where much. everybody had an absolute nightmare, and I'm sorry, Nick Jackson. I was going to say, you weren't sorry, were you? <laughs> <laughs> He's absolutely done it. It's an all green to me. I'm flying up the league, boys. Oh, mate. I tell contrarian, you what. Contrarian Chris, when everyone Chris, else does poorly. Chris is out of the relegation zone. <laughs> out of the relegation zone. I think it was the high scorer this week. 59 yeah. points. Smashed it. I'm up to 20th. I did say I was going up the league. They were, they were laughing. Yeah, so when I was what? giving out tips on the weekend. I mean, yeah, obviously half my team got injured. Harlan, they won. They scored six goals home to Bournemouth and he got one point. So, oh, I don't know what's there about 24, yeah, stinker. Oof. You boys well, not got Nick Jackson and Cole Palmer in? I've got Cole Palmer. <laughs> I've got Cole Palmer. But When's Chick Maker coming back? 
Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, you need to might sort your pension out. Uh, you have to get on that Chelsea injury list, you know, rehabilitation, you know, he's out of the country or whatever. 59 <laughs> points, Chris. Well done. Yeah, I had fifty. I had Mitchell on the bench as well for 15 points, but uh, Mitrick <laughs> came on. Why'd you play Mitrick? Uh, <laughs> Classic. <laughs> I didn't, yeah, I thought we would. He's on the team, I think, potentially. Yeah. No, this is where he comes good. Louis Diaz with a nice goal for me as well. Um, you boys didn't have a great week, unfortunately. What happened? Just uh, no races. We'll move on. We'll move on. I think it was we'll just a poor on. week. One, 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 twos everywhere. Bowen got a goal, and I mean Palmer saved me with a twelve pointer. Really, otherwise it would have been an absolute dire straits. Still nineteen points off the top, so it's only one week away. To quote you, Craig, you you lot on your cookie cutter Harlan captains, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Disaster. Um, lovely. Well, watch out. Uh, fancy Premier League. I'm, I'm coming. And some big fixtures again next weekend. So uh, see where you think of Arsenal, Burnley, United, Luton and Chelsea, Man City. He mm. picks up for the captain. Right. That's all we've got time for today. Thanks, guys. No worries. And thoroughly enjoyed that one. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, we will be back um, before the Man City game for a preview pod. For more updates on all things ESCR, you can follow us on X at Eat Sleep Chelsea and Instagram at Eat Sleep Chelsea Repeat. As always, we hope you're carefree wherever you may be. And thanks for listening. <laughs>